VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Ladies and gentlemen, it was 60 days ago today. October 7th, 2023, the deadliest day for Jews since the Holocaust. This was the day that Hamas struck Israel in murderous fashion. So much information has been unfolding daily, which we'll be addressing today. But first, it's also the beginning of Hanukkah, the Feast of Dedication, or the Festival of Lights. Joining us today in studio, we welcome back Dr. Richard Schmidt, pastor of Union Grove Baptist Church, founder of Prophecy Focus Ministries. He's a speaker on the weekly TV program Prophecy Focus, the radio broadcast Prophecy Unfolding. After spending some three decades in law enforcement, including that of acting sheriff of Milwaukee County until his retirement, he has uh, then served in the pastorate since. He has authored several books, including Are You Going to a Better Place? Daniel's Gap, Paul's Mystery, Tribulation to Triumph, The Olivet Discourse, Globalism, the Great World Consumption, and Artificial Intelligence, Transhumanism, and the De-Evolution of Democracy. And uh, Dr. Schmidt, thanks for joining us here today on the program. Well, thanks again for having me. I just appreciate this greatly. We're going to have a lot of uh, information we're going to be sharing about Israel today. But uh, first, Hanukkah, uh, what is its significance? Well, Hanukkah, that's uh, one of the good news things that happened to the Jewish people way back in the about 166 B.C. time. Uh, of course, uh, it, it's almost interesting that uh, Israel had gone through a very, very difficult time. The Greeks, the Syrians were basically attacking the Jewish people in Israel, just causing havoc within Israel. And uh, a group rose up, just kind of like what happened recently with Israel and Hamas, and said, enough's enough. We're not putting up with this constant tyranny and this constant violence. So the Maccabees, we'll just use that term, rose up, and uh, basically for a two-year period from about 168 B.C. to 166 B.C., uh, managed to push the Maccabees out of Israel and basically to regain Jewish control of the Jewish temple, the second temple. Well, uh, they came into the temple, and they wanted to do get the menorah lit, which was the seven-candled menorah within the temple confines, And uh, they looked all over, tried to find some oil. They finally found one flask of oil that is normally good for about a one-day period. They took that flask of oil, poured it into the menorah cups, and uh, uh, as reported and as believed, there was a miracle took place, and that candelabra stayed lit for eight days instead of one, Mm. which uh, now leads to the nine-branched candelabra we call the Hanukkah uh, menorah. So basically, uh, uh, what took place and why the Jewish people celebrate Hanukkah is, is twofold. One, uh, the Jewish people regain control of the temple, and secondly, the miracle, if you will, of the eight days of lit, lit menorah that, uh, quite frankly, they thought would only last one day. So it's a, a great time of rejoicing and a great time for the mm-hmm. Jewish people. So being celebrated uh, starting this evening of uh, uh, Jewish time and and uh, and places across the world, actually, whereby candles are being lit. Well, right. In fact, in Israel right now, uh, of course, the day started eight days or eight hours ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, candles are being lit in Gaza, as we speak, by the IDF, which is just kind of an interesting sideline to this. But yes, our Jewish friends, and I wish them all a happy Hanukkah for our Jewish friends that are listening. And uh, it, it really is a, a wonderful celebration of what God has done for the Jewish people. And amidst the celebration, it was 60 go- days ago today that this deadly, rather barbaric attack was launched against Israel. We've seen the war Israel has launched against Hamas, uh, the temporary ceasefire for release of some hostages. The war resumed. Uh, just give us an overall bird's eye view at your analysis of what we've seen take place so far. Well, I think it, being that it's 60 days removed from this horrific event, we're, I think what's really happening and why we're seeing so many people that are all of a sudden jumping on the pro-Palestinian bandwagon is we're forgetting what took place 60 days ago. And it's so easy to do with the confusion in the media right now. Uh, what took place was absolutely things that we literally can't even state on the air because of the absolute barbaric, horrific uh, a sexualized content that in that these 
animals did. And, and I, I just can't say it any simpler. This was an animalistic attack. It was demonic by nature. I mean, you just can't do these things as a sane human being. But uh, again, they uh, Hamas sets it up. They break down 15 different parts of the fence. They kill the soldiers, if you will, that were that were guarding the southern area. They bring in uh, all sorts of weaponry. They come from the sea, the land, the air. They take out 1,200-plus individuals, Jewish people, men, women, children, innocents, non-military people, slaughtered them, butchered them, uh, cut their bodies apart, absolutely committed horrible uh, um, rape acts and so forth. And again, so horrible that we can't even discuss these things. So it, it was just absolute barbaric, horrible, anti-Semitic, anti-Jew things that took place. Well, 60 days later now, uh, uh, of course, Israel has been trying to wipe out uh, Hamas. It's either you get wiped out by Hamas or you wipe them out. So for 60 days now, the war has been on with a one week of reprieve for the ceasefire. Uh, where several hostages got out. But uh, everyone is aware what's going on. We cannot, we must not forget what started this war. No, we must not. And as time goes on and as the media stories uh, continue to have a very bias against Israel, uh, there there will be that cause to forget. But uh, uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that you've just brought out here, uh, more the horrendous news coming out here, even in recent days, about the sexual violence against uh, primarily Israeli women and children. Uh, Pamela Geller just reported on her site Tuesday um, uh, an audio clip from an Islamic scholar translated says this, Allah allows Muslim men to rape non-Muslim women in order to humiliate them. If we fought Israel, we can take their women as sex slaves and rape them. It's allowed in the Quran and the Hadith. And then this topic came up at the State Department this very week. And this is the State Department uh, spokesperson, Matthew Miller, responding to it. Let's listen to the clip and uh, we'll get your response. Back to your answer um, to the question about the reports of a rape of Israeli women by Hamas and use of sexual violence as a war crime, as a crime, as a weapon of war. Um, you said we've seen Hamas commit atrocities. We obviously condemn atrocities, but you didn't use the words rape or sexual violence. And I'm wondering if there's a reason for that, or a not not a, not a more explicit condemnation of rape. Uh, on, look, um, only because we haven't made an independent assessment uh, our own. We've obviously seen the reports that Hamas has committed sexual violence. They've committed rape. Um, we have no reason at all to doubt those reports. Um, uh, when you look at all the atrocities that Hamas uh, carried out on October 7th and the atrocities that they have carried uh, out since, the fact that they continue to hold women hostages, the fact that they continue to hold children hostages, the fact that it seems one of the reasons they don't want to turn women over that they've been holding hostage and the reason this pause fell apart is they don't want those women to be able to talk about what happened to them during their time in custody. Um, certainly there is very uh, little that I would put beyond Hamas when it comes to its treatment of civilians and particularly its treatment uh, of women. Some very horrific accounts have come forth even on the sexual violence against women. It's, it's absolutely unconscionable what's taking place I hate with a passion the concept of rape. I hate with a passion the abuse of females. Hamas came in, and again, I can't go into detail of things that I've known, I've seen uh, through various clips and various uh, information sources, but the absolute horrible, barbaric, animalistic acts hurting females so bad they crush their ribs, crush their pelvis, uh, just absolute gang-raping type things, which are, are just unthinkable. Uh, to even think that this didn't happen, then people have their eyes closed and haven't been paying attention to what's available, even through mainstream media's reporting on these things. This was an absolute horrific act, and uh, we and I'm, I, this is one thing I think the media at least has got out there to some degree. We have major universities, other uh, leaders. We have people that are trying to deny that these things took place. There are, are individuals in Israel that have come back that have been that have survived that are telling their stories, 
And this barbaric, satanic, demonic type activity, it's just unthinkable what's taking place. I'd like to play another clip. This is of Jimmy Pachenko, a liberated hostage taken by Hamas. October 7th, we have the terrorists attacking Gaza. Uh, Jimmy Pachenko was uh, taken hostage after more than 50 days as a prisoner. He's finally home, sharing a story of survival. He was uh, in a kibbutz when it was uh, giving care, uh, giving uh, responsibility to an elderly man who was immediately killed by Hamas and uh, gave an interview about his harrowing experience. Let's listen. No, you know, Hama, when I was taken out of the house, I didn't expect them to spare me because I witnessed my employer being killed mercilessly. Jimmy lived in a kibbutz where he was a caregiver to an elderly man who was immediately killed by Hamas. In an exclusive interview, Jimmy talked about his harrowing experience. I heard gunfire from another house, and I sent a message to my wife back in the Philippines to take care of our children. Hamas asked me if I am a soldier. They set a rifle on automatic and fired beside my ear until the ammo ran out. After that, I heard a buzzing sound in my ears. When our supplies were scarce, they only gave us one pita bread for the whole day. But I didn't eat it in one sitting. I just got a pinch whenever I felt hungry. As time passed, the water supply became salty. I worried because I had a history of kidney illness. When I needed to defecate, they gave me a piece of toilet paper. I didn't use it. I hid it in my pocket so I could eat it. For me, it was food. I would take the toilet paper and dab it on the moist walls. We were about 40 meters below the ground, so it was cold and there was condensation on the walls. When the paper got wet enough, I ate it. It filled my empty stomach as well as quenched my thirst. They also made me clean seven toilets. I was okay with that because if I did not do it, the smell would get worse. During the first and second weeks, I stayed inside a small prison with a toilet right beside me. I kept thinking and wondering, why would they capture me? It was driving me crazy. Why would they capture me if I didn't do anything to them? I got my strength for my children. I had the strength to eat toilet paper because I needed to survive for my children. I pleaded to God because I was 12 years old when my father died. I prayed, please don't do this to me. Please let me live. Even if I stay here for 10 years, just let me live. After roughly a month and a half in captivity, Jimmy was included in the first batch of hostages released by Hamas. They told us we would be leaving the tunnel where we were held captive. That's when I started to cry. When I first saw the sun and came out from the tunnel, I just knelt down and thanked the Lord because I saw the sun again and breathed fresh air. My strength came from the Lord and for my children. Now I am more mature and stronger in many respects. I want to stay here and keep working, even after what they did to me. I want to provide for my family because I do not want my children to experience the hardships that I experienced when I was a child. And I would like to thank you all for your prayers. That coming from a story from PamelaGeller.com. Very horrific situations there. Well, it's, I mean, you can't help but listen to that, and you're, I mean, the emotion of this is is just amazing. Uh, the testimony is amazing. The, the, the desire to live is amazing. The horrific conditions, I mean, everything just shouts. Uh, it's an amazing act of, uh, of desire to live, and uh, I don't know if that person's a Christian or not. He certainly spoke uh, like that, but again, these conditions are unthinkable. And uh, there's just no way to describe the the torture these people are going through. And we must not forget. Friends, we'll be back in one minute. This is Crosstalk on the VCY American Network, Israel's war against Hamas, 60 days later. Dr. Richard Schmidt, our guest, you're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris author and seminar speaker with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, we see right-to-life efforts all over the news these days. What does the Bible say about this? Chris, the Bible is clear. Humankind is created in the image of God with great value and worth in His sight and is to be respected and protected. At conception, the embryo takes on human status, although not yet completely grown. The Bible discusses how the growing embryo as an individual has feelings and on some occasions even expresses itself. When a pregnant woman was injured in Bible times, such that the baby lost its life, there were consequences to be faced. The Bible doesn't give us all the details, but there's enough there to be certain that the unborn child is a viable human person and must be protected. 
Chris, the Back to Genesis way of thinking helps us understand modern issues. For more on the foundational principles set forth in Genesis, visit us on the web at www.icr.org. Listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. With us today, Dr. Richard Schmidt, pastor of Union Grove Baptist Church, founder of Prophecy Focus Ministries. Their website, prophecyfocus.org, prophecyfocus.org. Dr. Schmidt, do you believe uh, we keep hearing such pressure against Israel um, that things are not proportional as far as number of deaths? Uh, number one, do you believe carte blanche, the, the number of deaths that are being reported by Palestinian media? Well, again, we don't know what's true and what's not. We're at the mercy of the media. Uh, of course, Hamas is, and uh, the people of Gaza are reporting some 17,000 people have died in uh, the Palestinian side. Uh, who knows what is or isn't true? They're claiming a significant number of children and women have been uh, killed through the war. There's no doubt there's been civilian casualties. Nobody will deny that. What the numbers are remains to be proven over time. Uh, we just don't know. The issue is this is war. War has casualties, and unfortunately, innocents will die in a war. So, it, it, yes, nobody wants to see innocents die. But uh, when Hamas decided to pull the trigger and kill 1,200-plus people, murder, rape, pillage, do whatever they could to destroy uh, the Jewish people. This is what happens. It's war. I'm going to play another clip. This is of Vice President Kamala Harris, uh, and she. you're going to hear her say that Israel has a right to defend itself. Also indicates Israel must respect international humanitarian law, as if Israel has not been doing so, uh, because she said too many Palestinians have been killed. So let's play the clip, and we'll have you respond to it. President Biden and I have been clear Israel has a right to defend itself, and we will remain steadfast in that conviction. President Biden and I have also been clear, as Israel defends itself, it matters how. The United States is unequivocal. International humanitarian law must be respected. Too many innocent Palestinians have been killed. Frankly, the scale of civilian suffering and the images and videos coming from Gaza are devastating. As Israel pursues its military objectives in Gaza, we believe Israel must do more to protect innocent civilians. Your response? Well, I guess we have to go right back to the beginning. Why in the world didn't Hamas protect its civilian citizens when they had the chance? Why did they break out against Israel? Why have they been picking the Jew or the uh, of Palestinian people, the men, women, and children, the innocents, why have they been using them as healed human shields in hospitals and educational centers and in the city streets? This is in 2006 when the people of Gaza decided to vote in Hamas as the leadership, and they've been supporting Hamas ever since. This is unfortunately, you put a corrupt government in the place, you have to, and you voted them in, they're your people uh, that you put in place. This is the unfortunate results. Hamas is taking advantage of the 2.3 million people in Gaza. They've all been put into jeopardy because of Hamas. So don't blame uh, uh, the Jewish people, the Israeli Defense Force, and Prime Minister Netanyahu for the things that Hamas has caused. Hamas deliberately putting children and civilians in harm's way. Uh, Frontpagemag.com is reporting AK-47s, grenades, pistols, uniforms found in Shifa Hospital. We know of other munitions reportedly found in hospitals, schools, uh, 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 kindergarten centers, uh, in other locations as well. I mean, this is purposeful in in putting these uh, civilians you use the term human shield, uh, to protect Hamas. Absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's documented uh, picture after picture, video after video, uh, uh, IDF going in. Just yesterday, they uncovered the largest stash of rockets, weapons, RPG, all these different things that are used for war right there in the the midst of a school and a hospital area. So there's no doubt about it. Hamas isn't dumb. They're doing everything they can or had done everything they thought they could to protect themselves by using, the again, the human shields. Well, little did they realize that because of their horrific acts, 
now Israel has said enough and there's nowhere to hide. We just had the ceasefire and a number of hostages had been released. Uh, are you concerned by the number of Palestinian prisoners that were released in exchange for the hostages, that these are maybe individuals going right back into the ways of terrorism? Well, absolutely. I mean, when you have a three-to-one ratio there, uh, Israel's let loose a bunch of individuals that were involved with uh, terrorist-type acts. And uh, again, they're going back to a hero's welcome uh, these these uh, uh, hundreds of individuals that have been released are now right back fighting with Gaza. They're heroes among their people. So, of course, you let a criminal out of jail, they go right back to their criminal activity, and here we go. So earlier this week, it's also reported that uh, Israeli army uh, has started pumping seawater into some of the Hamas terror systems, flushing out the terrorists. Uh, in the best way you know and understand, describe for us what this tunnel system is like by Hamas. Well, the tunnel system, again, uh, uh, Gaza is about 24 miles long, six miles wide. Underneath that uh, amount of land, they, they claim that there were some 700, five to 700 different tunnels, 1,300 miles of tunnels. Uh, the, the statistics are changing, but it's just massive. So Israel has been blowing up uh, as many tunnels as possible. Uh, I don't know what the correct number is. I've heard as much as 50% of the tunnels have been damaged through uh, the bombing. Now, uh, uh, on the northern end of Gaza, I believe it's five different pumps have been set up now, uh, big giant hoses running into the Mediterranean Sea, and are ready. I'm not sure, I have not found any documentation yet that water has actually entered the tunnels. I may be behind on that, uh, but I know the pumps are in place, and they are ready to flood them out. The biggest issue I've heard so far, and, and there is some validity, I believe, to this, they're stating that uh, many of the hostages could be in those tunnels, mm-hmm. so they're trying to get intelligence, in other words, figure out where are the abductees before they will actually flood them out. And there has been some video footage that has emerged of water going into these tunnels, okay. uh, massive amounts, almost like fire hoses uh, uh, conveying the water in there. But but we know the uh, system is quite extensive, and... and uh, it is likely that there is are many many munitions that are scattered all throughout. Absolutely. So again, it, it's a it's a really very difficult thing, and I and I understand, and I'm I, I I'm glad I'm up to speed that some water has entered those uh, tunnels in the north. Uh, but again, if you have those hostages, I know would be on a shadow of a doubt between America, other countries, the 41 countries that ho- had hostages held there. Uh, Israel itself, they want to get that 130-some hostages out of there before they absolutely destroy the whole system. And the South is also a focus now at this time. Absolutely. I mean, uh, the the Israel Defense Force made it very clear at the beginning the Jew or the uh, Palestinian people were to head south while they were literally destroying the northern end of, of Gaza, which pretty much has taken place. Then, uh, uh, and and here's where the humanitarian issue has, I think, falsely been pushed against Israel. Uh, The Israel Defense Force, the government was, I mean, they dropped millions of different, hundreds of thousands of different leaflets. They were calling the people in the area. They were letting the people know that they were going to come down now in certain areas of the south. And uh, they told them where they needed to go, get closer to the to the shore on the southern end of of uh, uh, Gaza. And a lot of the folks, of course, aren't doing what they've been told to, and it did result in casualties, no doubt about it. Dr. Richard Schmidt with us here today on Crosstalk. Again, his website being prophecyfocus.org, prophecyfocus.org. Interesting story handed to me just before the program from uh, Breitbart. uh, Just reported yesterday, Israel deployed its Arrow long-range air defense missile for the first time last month, shooting down a ballistic missile in outer space. It's being called the first space battle. This is... uh, Houthi uh, Houthi terrorists that launched this Iranian-made ballistic missile at Israel last month, intercepted by the IDF uh, Aero 2 missile. But again, uh, this uh, this interception took place outside the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, first time a battle really going on in outer space. Well, again, as you shared that article with me, this is, I mean, brand new hot off the press information. It's showing the advancement of uh, technology, the advancement of weaponry. 
So again, we're into a new new era uh, with these type of advanced weapons that are taking place. Uh, when you think about autonomous weapons and what can take place or who's controlling the weaponry from uh, a technological standpoint, from an artificial intelligence standpoint, uh, these things are advancing. And quite frankly, they have a significant prophetic nexus uh, coming out of Revelation 13, which kind of... Uh, gives us a little hint about some of the things that are coming, and we're now seeing, actually, boy, the, the stage is being set for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. I want to talk about this uh, this commonality of an anti-Jew sentiment uh, that we're seeing. We're seeing it in the United States. We'll get to that in a moment. But it is also taking place uh, right there in in Gaza. And and uh, there is, uh, Pamela Geller has reported a broadcast from Khan Yunus in the Gaza Strip illustrating the kind of children's games that young Palestinian children are being taught. So they're playing a game, they're having a chant, and we'll hear some of the audio of their chant here. So what they're saying, my sister is Yasmina, she's a beautiful young girl, my uncle is Saladin, He gave me the book of religion from Palestine. Palestine is our land, our land, our land, and the Jews are our dogs, our dogs, our dogs. They knocked on the doors, our doors, our doors, like beggars. Long live, long live Palestine, death to Israel. Well, it's just absolutely unconscionable, again, what parents are teaching their children. And again, it all boils down to who do you believe is God? What book do you believe in is sacred literature? When you're looking at what the uh, the jihadists, what the Islamic Muslim community is doing, the extremists and the horrible hatred that they're breeding into their children, uh, it's no wonder that the horrific acts like Hamas are taking place. It's something that we in America need to be careful of. We, uh, The standard mantra of parents in America is treat others with respect, treat others with love. Yet uh, we're seeing our culture rapidly change to a chain to a culture of hatred and uh, absolutely going against a biblical worldview. Games that we teach our children, hatred we teach our children, uh, the violence that are creeping in through games and videos and the internet. All you train children to be haters and fighters. That's exactly what they become. And indeed, young people are taught the educational system in Palestine areas in the Gaza uh, is such that this is what children are trained. This is how they are taught and taught to hate Jews. But it's not just there. Uh, I'd like to also address the the growing anti-Semitism here in the United States. Uh, a San Francisco Islamic school uh, scholar, that is Dr. Khalid Sik uh, Siddiqui said the Jews make up about 1% of the universe, but probably cause 99% of the problems in this world. This is the same person who reportedly praised a Palestinian father who handed out sweets when he discovered all his children had died as martyrs. This is an Islamic scholar in the U.S., and, and when you combine that with what we are, is going on in the, the university campuses right now, Campus Reform just reported that nearly three out of four college Jewish students report having seen or been the victim of anti-Semitic incidents since the October 7th Hamas terrorist attack? Well, Jim, I can only answer with a rather pointed, blunt statement. These are not scholars. These are educated idiots. It's absolutely unconscionable that this type of rhetoric is out there. It's unconscionable that it's uh, associated with what allegedly is higher education. These are haters. These are people that don't understand statistics. They certainly don't understand a biblical worldview. And uh, quite frankly, uh, we need to stop this nonsense and take a strong worldview stance, biblical worldview stance. Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. We're going to uh, hear uh, a statement, or we're going to read a statement that came from Christopher Ray from the FBI with a warning here for the United States. But also, friends, we're going to take a prophetic perspective of what's going on here as well, back in a minute on Crosstalk. High in the Swiss Alps, Lucian, a lonely, frightened 13-year-old, is overtaken by catastrophic events as he causes little Danny to fall off of a cliff. Lucian finds himself an outcast with his family, his school friends, and especially the very hostile Annette, the sister of Danny. Danny, I've told you not to talk to Lucian. He'll only hurt you again. Bitterness and anger set in. As Lucian finds solitude in the nearby woods, 
he comes across a woodcarver who helps him find the peace he was looking for that not only changes his life, but that of others as well. You may be able to run away from the village, but you can't run away from yourself. Treasures of the Snow quickly captures the heart. It's a story of friendship, forgiveness, and redemption. Treasures of the Snow is available on DVD for a donation of $16 or more by calling VCY America at 1-800-729-9829. That's 1-800-729-9829. This is Crosstalk on VCY America, taking a look at the war against Hamas, Israel's war against Hamas. Sixty days later, Dr. Richard Schmidt with us today, pastor of Union Grove Baptist Church, Union Grove, Wisconsin, and founder of Prophecy Focus Ministries. He's authored multiple books, which we've interviewed him on Crosstalk, and uh, his website, prophecyfocus.org. By the way, you'll find his books available at uh, right in our Crosstalk store. Go to crosstalkamerica.com, and you'll find find them there. You can also reach out to our switchboard at 800 729 9829. Just uh, two days ago, the FBI Director Christopher Wray was uh, brought in to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Here's what he had to say, and I'm reading from foxnews.com. He said, what I would say that this is uh, unique about the environment that we're in right now in my career is that while there have been many times over the years that where individual threats could have been higher here or there than where they may be right now, I have never seen a time where all the threats or so many of the threats are all elevated, all at exactly the same time, he said. So he was being uh, 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 questioned by Lindsey Graham at the time, Senator Graham, and, and Graham said, so blinking red lights, the analogy about 9-11, all the lights blinking red before 9-11? Obviously, all of us missed it. Would you say there's multiple blinking red lights out there, he asked? Here's how Ray answered. He said, I see blinking red lights everywhere. Later told Graham that since the October 7th massacre in Israel, when Hamas terrorists brutally murdered at least 1,200 Israelis, that a uh, venerable, uh, make that the veritable rogues gallery of foreign terrorists has called for attacks against the U.S. He said the threat level has gone to a whole nother level, level since October 7th. Oh, absolutely. I have to go back, put my law enforcement hat back on. Of course, I've been out of the sheriff's office for almost four years now, but I go back, the terrorism task force, domestic terrorism, the the classes and the different units that we were involved in, this was a huge issue four plus years ago. The amount of of cells that are in America would be shocking to most people uh, in America today. Well, that has exponentially increased in the last four years. All you have to do is take a look at the pro-Palestinian marches, the amount of individuals that have come in that are anti-American, anti-Jew, and are ready to go to war, if you will. So these, yeah, I mean, the FBI ought to be sending out alerts. Our law enforcement community, our sheriffs, our police, our uh, state and federal police forces, they need to be ready because this could explode at any moment based on what's taking place. Pastor, we see all that's unfolding, and some are asking, where is God in all of this? Has has God fallen asleep? No, God is alive and well on planet Earth, and uh, as well as the entire universe. Uh, God knows exactly what's going on, and you had mentioned uh, the prophetic nexus. This is a massive prophetic nexus of what's taking place. God's made it very clear in multiple passages, many of which have, have come to light even in secular media recently. We're talking about Ezekiel 38 and 39, when uh, the Muslim nations will indeed rise up against Israel. Well, God will uh, has promised he will win that war for them. We look in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 24 about the tremendous persecution of the Jewish people, and they'll all be forced to scatter during the midpoint of the seven-year tribulation period. Uh, Revelation chapter 12 talks about one-third of the Jewish people, according to, uh, uh, in concert with Zechariah chapter 13, verses 8 and 9, where one-third of the Jewish people will be protected. But unfortunately, the prophetic nexus also tells us, according to Zechariah 13, 8, that two-thirds of all the Jewish people are going to perish in the future during what's known as the, the tribulation time. So uh, uh, these things are there. God has not fallen asleep. 
Uh, God is going to accomplish his sovereign will. And unfortunately, we've just got to be honest. And this is one of the toughest things, and it's the hardest things as a pastor and as a Christian, as an exporter of the Jewish and uh, Israel people. They've not been turning to the Messiah, and God is going to bring them to the Messiah during that tribulation time. And unfortunately, there will be a massive amount of Jewish lives that will be lost because they've refused to come to the Messiah. So it's it's hard to say, but it, it but God will accomplish His will when, according to Romans chapter nine through eleven, there will be hasn't happened yet. There will be a national revival in Israel, but it's not going to happen until uh, that tribulation time is invoked. So, are you here to affirm that the Hamas goal? that Israel be wiped off the face of the earth will never happen? I'm absolutely affirming that. It's impossible. God made four unconditional covenants with the Jewish people, uh, the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant, the land covenant, the new covenant. God is not through, and he'll never be through with the Jewish people. Will there be casualties en route to, if you will, the national salvation of Israel? Absolutely. It's, it's horrible. I don't like it. I'm sure God doesn't like it. But uh, that's why we've got to remember Jewish people as well as Gentile people all need to come to Christ. That's the only hope for any people group. Friends, our phone number to Crosstalk today, 800-733-9829, 1-800-733-9829. We're talking about Israel's war against Hamas 60 days later. Not only the war itself and things that are happening, but uh, in light of Bible prophecy, what does all of this mean? So taking your calls, 800-733-9829. Uh, Pastor, let me ask you another question, and and that is we, we know we should be praying for Israel but how? How can we specifically be praying for Israel? Well, Psalm 122 basically tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Now, as we know, Jerusalem is not under direct attack at the moment, but we can look at the whole nation of Israel. We can look at all of the Jewish people. God stated in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6, that the Jewish people are his chosen. In Zechariah chapter 2, verse 8, he talks about the Jews as being the apple of his eye. So uh, what I suggest is we follow what God gave to Abraham back in Genesis chapter 12. The Bible says, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. So we should be praying uh, for blessings upon the Jewish people. We should be praying that God will uh, burden their hearts to come to Christ and accept the Messiah as their Savior. Uh, And we should be praying that they'll be protected in these horrible times of war. So there's so many things that uh, we can do prayer-wise and also physically, financially, to help our good friends, the Jewish people. Let's begin in Champaign, Illinois. And Zoe, you're on the air. Hi, Jim. Uh, I wondered if either one of you can explain to me, the. I keep hearing about these Houthi people, and I'd never heard about them in previous um, conflicts in Israel. Are, they're not the Houthis that are in Africa where you heard about the Houthis and the Tutsis, are they? Who are they? Does anybody know? Either one of you? Yes, well, there's... Uh, it, it's a terrorist group. The Houthis come out of Yemen, which is south of Saudi Arabia. They've been shooting missiles, and they're about a thousand miles south of uh, Israel. So they've been shooting up rockets. Actually, the, the good news: the American uh, uh, ship is down there. Actually, they've been intercepting most of that. But again, Houthis, Hamas, Hezbollah, three H's uh, on various borders of Israel. They're they're all terrorist groups and uh, are named terrorist groups. But are they all Arabic? Uh, they speak the Arabic language, yes. Okay. Well, I guess that's close enough. I I was trying to get an idea ethnically who they were. Well, say thank you. Thank you for the call. It, it is a terrorist group, like Hamas is a terrorist group. Uh, Hezbollah, a terrorist group as well. Uh, Kevin in Richland Center, Wisconsin, you're on the air. Well, thanks, you guys. Um, this is like the grace of God with something that's happened to me in the last couple of days, because he took me to a scripture where the name Israel will never be erased, and it's in the Old Testament. Now, the thing is, is in the book of Acts, um, where what happened to uh, Paul happened, is we've got a world of people that are kicking against the goads. This is what's going to happen. Like in Jeremiah chapter 18 and Romans chapter 9, we are clay in his hands. Jesus is the last Jew, and they're not going to kill the last Jew until he's already risen. So the thing is, is who is the landlord of that part of the world? 
Uh, I'm not quite sure I understood the whole question, but the bottom line is God is not through the Jewish people. As you mentioned, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, is from uh, a, a Jewish background, ethnic background, and uh, that's never ceasing. So uh, uh, the unconditional covenants that God has given, if I understood your statement correctly, they're never going away. They have a forever kingdom, according to Second Samuel 7. So who holds title to the land? Uh, God holds it. <laughs> God holds the title. And uh, thank you for the call. And you'll read about the land covenant in Scripture itself, a forever covenant. Genesis 15 and Genesis 12. And uh, you made a comment, too, about Jesus being the last Jew. I've not heard that before. Right. I'm not. That's the part I was a little confused mm-hmm. over because uh, certainly there, uh, the ethnic Jews are alive and well today. There's about 15 million mm-hmm. ethnic Jews. So uh, Jesus certainly was... Uh, a Jewish individual, but the race did not end when uh, Jesus was on earth. Byron is calling from Wisconsin. Byron, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, my, my, my comment is that Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. So that's who God's children are, are peacemakers. Uh, to add to that, he also said, not in this mountain, or in Jerusalem, where the true worshipers worship, but for the true worshipers shall worship in spirit and in truth, because God is a spirit. I believe it is the church was, was, was perhaps silent during World War II, and it's incumbent upon us as the church, because both groups that are fighting are blinded to the Messiah, and so the church is the voice of Christ in this conflict. And I believe he wants Muslims saved as well as Jews. Mm-hmm. And so it's our role as the church to be about his business in saving both groups. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, even though we're, when we're talking about the war, I'm certainly very biased, of course, in my opinion, because I'm going to support who God supports, which is the Jewish people. But you're absolutely 100% right. Our job, my job as a pastor, is to not be concerned about the Hamas war because I don't even live there. My concern is Jews and Gentiles and Muslims and whoever else happens to live in our community. We're going to love on them. We're going to share the gospel with them. We're not going to be fighting. We're not going to be going up against them. And I 100% agree. The Bible tells us in Luke 19.10, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. 1 Timothy 1.15, uh, this is a faithful and acceptable saying that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So that is our mission, and I 100% agree with you. Thank you for the call. Barry is next. Hi, Barry. You're on the air. Hi. I just wanted to know, with, uh, it seemed like Israel was almost on a state of, uh, in a state of civil war with all the uh, Netanyahu hate that was going on over there. Hmm. And uh, if that situation has changed with all the liberals that uh, blamed Netanyahu for what happened. Okay, thank you. Yeah, actually, those that are living, the Messianic Jews and so forth, and those that have uh, come out have made it very clear. You're exactly right. Your assessment is correct. There was horrible division that was taking place in Israel over uh, specifically the Supreme Court's ruling on who's going to have the powerhouse, and it did cause tremendous division. Well, since the October 7th issue, that's been eradicated. Now the Jewish people realize it's time to stop playing internal politics. It's time to unite. It's time to uh, uh, defend the Jewish people and, and their right to live, literally. And uh, it's just been a massive turnaround. And if you will, I, I don't know that I agree with the term. There's been a national, if you will, kind of a revival. There's been a revival of Jewish nationalism, not a revival of trusting in Christ. But uh, definitely there's been a major change in the outlook of the Jewish people. Thank you for your call here today. We're up against a break. We'll take the break and come back to more of your phone calls. Pastor Richard Schmidt, our guest here today, his website, prophecyfocus.org. Back in one minute here on Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. I'm not sure I ever thought I would see the day, but in late November 2023, the former 
director of the National Security Agency, and he was also the director of the CIA at one time, General Michael Hayden retweeted a tweet. And the picture was of a lady, probably in her 60s, holding a Bible, and then her handgun, and the American flag, stating, I am committed to the Bible, a biblical worldview. I believe in the Second Amendment, which comes from a biblical worldview, the right to defend oneself, and she had the flag. I'm patriotic. I believe in honoring those who have sacrificed for liberty and freedom. Well, the former NSA CIA director retweeted that and said when asked with a picture next to a terrorist, what's the difference? He said, no difference at all. That's how they view us Christians. Israel's war against Hamas, 60 days later. Dr. Richard Schmidt, our guest here today on Crosstalk, our number 800-733-9829. Let's get to Mark in Monroe. Mark, you're on the air. Okay. uh, In the past, there have been uh, high-ranking U.S. uh, politicians such as Obama and Clinton that attended Ivy League schools and also participated in the, uh, the Bohemian Grove and uh, Skull and Bones uh, thing. Mm -hmm. My question is, is how much uh, demonic influence do you think that has on the current uh, uh, Ivy League schools, uh, pro-Hamas and uh, anti-Semitic scenario? Okay, thank you for the call. Uh, I would think, Brother Schmidt, that uh, Satan knows his time is short. Well, he absolutely does. And what's interesting, and I, I love this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, tells us that Satan is the small g god of this world. Absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt, Satan is not dumb. He's been working, if you will, uh, every possible angle. The influence that Satan is having, the demonic world is having right now, is off the charts. And it's so much more as we see the day approaching that these things are going to be taking place. Folks, I hate to tell you, but it's not going to be getting better. It's going to get worse and worse and worse before the actual return of Christ, his second coming, and certainly the rapture is the next major event. And it's no, we expect this to happen. Second Timothy 3 one said that in the last days, the last days of the church, perilous, dangerous times and seasons will come. It's here. Indeed. Thank you for the call. Gary in Mesa, Arizona, you're on the air. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. You do a great job. My question is, uh, you never hear the word racism uh, in relationship to the extermination of Jews. Uh, do you find that kind of curious? Well, that's that's a great statement. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's not curious. It's just a fact. And, uh, uh, of course, the anti-Semitic views, the anti-Zionist views, the anti-Jew views, certainly. And it just all fits right into the scriptural scenario that the Jewish people— uh, are going to be hated, not because of the just being Jews, but it's, again, Satan's been trying to take out the Jewish people ever since uh, the beginning of uh, the, if you will, the ethnic group 2000, 2000 B.C. So it, it's nothing surprising. It's expected according to Scripture. Thanks for the call. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And uh, we have the president of Turkey now saying that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, prime minister of Israel, uh, after this is all over, he is going to be guilty of war crimes. Well, again, uh, that's every single nation, every single uh, combatant is going to bring out charges of, of uh, this type of thing. Uh, is no surprise, especially with the massive support against uh, uh, Israel, the massive support for the pro-Palestinians, the massive support of allegedly the the horrible humanitarian things taking place in Gaza. So it's not surprising. Again, war is war. There is no such thing as a fair war or a just war. War is war, and there's going to be casualties. There's going to be bad outcomes. Again, you can't stop them. It's part of war. Robert is next in Glendale. You're on the air. Well, good afternoon, Brother Jim. And, hey, Brother Schmidt, you might not remember me, but I was a member of Shalom Baptist, and you filled in several times uh, and taught while we were at the uh, Brown Deer Library, I'm a Brown Deer Community Center. Uh, Robert, you, rem- Robert yeah. to tell you what, do you have a question for our program today? Well, actually, I got a comment. A okay. comment. Uh, now, this is never being mentioned, 
that Zechariah chapter 13, verse 8 and 9, is a prophetic pronouncement on my people, the Jewish people. I was first Jewish, and then I've been born again since uh, 77. And uh, two-thirds of us are going to be annihilated. A third will survive the remnant. This is orientation and leading up to that period of time. And it's because of our disobedience. And I'm not pronouncing these atrocities by Hamas. I'd like to see them annihilated, personally. That's my personal feelings about them. Uh, although they're cousins of the Jewish people. They're Edomites. Um, but uh, people aren't talking about that. Now, the second thing I want to say is this. After our rapture, we're coming back to rescue that remnant with our Lord and Savior, our bridegroom. And we will rescue them out of Petra and bring them back to Jerusalem. We are going to be spending a thousand-year minimal period of time in Israel. Israel is where we got our birth as Christians. Okay. Tell you what, you've said a lot here. I'm going to have our guests comment, and uh, due to sake of time, we're going to have to move on to another caller here. All right. Well, thank you, Robert, for your comments. Uh, we've already talked multiple times about Zechariah 13, 8, and 9 regarding uh, the two-thirds destruction of the Jewish people. And yes, we absolutely will be spending uh, a thousand years as uh, the raptured saints and the Old Testament saints, the tribulation saints living and reigning with Christ. So I can agree with all of that. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Uh, the last call today, Michael in Brookfield. Hi, Michael. You're on the air. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I just want to make a statement that uh, in uh, World War II, we firebombed the cities in Japan, and we killed more people in Japan with the firebombings than we did with the two atomic bombs in Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And I'm sure there was no big push to try to make sure that we warned all the civilians and the innocents in Hiroshima and Nagasaki that that is what we were going to do or bomb Tokyo or any of the other cities that we bombed. My statement is that if you don't want war, don't bomb Pearl Harbor. Hmm. That simple. Today's Pearl Harbor Day. It got mm -hmm. the entire world, including the United States, thrown into World War II. Great. Thank you, and I appreciate your call here today. I get the analogy that he's making here. Yeah, well, thanks, Michael. I, I mean, it's absolutely true. Uh, if you don't want to get killed, don't start shooting at people, because uh, if you live by the sword... Bible, I mean, basically, you're going to die by it. It's just the way it is. So uh, um, excellent analogy, and yes, I mean, it makes sense. Thank you for the call. Uh, Pastor Schmidt, we have uh, just a half minute left. What would you like to leave with the listeners? Well, here's the thing, and I want to go back to one of the callers said, I believe it was Byron, who who made a very astute statement. Our job as Christians, yes, we're, we're making political statements. We're looking at uh, uh, actions in Israel and Hamas and so forth. But that's our job is this. The church has been called to be witnesses for Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Our job as God's people is to reach the Muslims, the Jews, all Gentiles, whatever people group, with the gospel. That's what we've been called to do. God is not willing any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Amen. Dr. Richard Schmidt, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. And friends, the website, prophecyfocus.org. You'll find uh, teachings there, materials there as well. And uh, continue to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Troublesome times, friends, let's let our light shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.